Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. When we closed last week's broadcast, we were talking about 1 Corinthians 13:7. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Specifically, we were looking at the believes all things part of the verse. To set this up, allow me to repeat some of what we talked about last week. There is a term we use for people who believe all things. We call them gullible. And there's a name we use for a person who is always hopeful. We call them Pollyanna. In both cases, we are thinking of people who are really sweet and kind, but who are naive and probably not as connected to reality as they ought to be. When the Bible tells us that loving others means we always believe, it is not commending naivete. It's not saying we should trust anyone and everyone, even when our better judgment tells us otherwise. The scripture calls us to wisdom and discernment. To simply accept whatever we're told would contradict Jesus' instructions to be wise as serpents and innocents as doves. But think for a minute. What is the mistake a gullible person makes? He or she trusts others too easily. That's what little children are like, right? They easily trust others because they are guileless. They default to believing the best about others. What kind of faith did Jesus say we are to have? The faith of a little child. We give another person a great gift when we say, I'm going to put myself at risk and choose to trust you until it becomes clear that you can't be trusted. Theologian R.C. Sproul described this kind of trust this way. He called it giving the judgment of charity. It's more commonly referred to as giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Though it's not used much today, the term Pollyanna used to refer to someone who chooses to believe the best about another person and to remain hopeful in the face of adversity. Today, if we call someone a Pollyanna, it's often a disparaging term. Bob Lapine says that a follower of Jesus ought not to be blindly optimistic, but he or she should be confident even in the midst of hard circumstances because of a bedrock belief in the goodness of God. Paul wrote in Philippians, In any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Contentment in every circumstance comes when we understand and learn how to trust in the providence of a good and loving God. Pollyanna says in the movie, When you're hunting for the glad things, you sort of forget the other kind. Which kind are you looking for in your marriage? Pollyanna always believed. She never lost hope. She never gave up. Choosing to retrust and remain hopeful is a gift of love we give someone else. It's a choice and a gift. Let's look at that for a minute. If we call a perpetually optimistic and hopeful person a Pollyanna, what do we call a person who doesn't believe anything? A skeptic? A doubter? A cynic? Cynicism, skepticism, and doubt are not attitudes we normally associate with love. 
If the name Pollyanna doesn't ring a bell with you, maybe the names Statler and Waldorf do. Statler and Waldorf are the names of two of Jim Henson's Muppets. They would sit in the balcony and talk about how bad everything was whenever the other Muppets were putting on a show. So let me ask you, if you had to spend the day with either Pollyanna or Statler and Waldorf, who would you pick? After you'd spent the whole day together, either with Pollyanna trying to cheer you up and putting the best spin on whatever happened, or with the two grouches grousing about everything and everyone, at the end of that day, who do you think you would say was the most loving person? Bob says that a cynic is not a lover. A person who doubts is not a lover. Neither is a skeptic. The cynic might say, well, I'm just being a realist here. But the truth is, cynics are predisposed to question motives and wonder about the judgment of others. They default to believing the worst. Or if not the worst, certainly not the best. In marriage, we desperately need the strength and support and hope that comes from a spouse who chooses to believe and who remains hopeful even in adversity. Each of us will have seasons of discouragement, doubt, and despair. In those seasons, we need our spouse to love us with hopeful, affirming words. We need someone who believes in us, someone who will cheer us on. You know, I'm a football fan, and let's say you're headed to a college football game. Imagine for a minute that you're a bit discouraged because after your team won the first three games of the season, they went on a seven-game losing streak. If they lose the next game, it will be the longest losing streak in school history. And imagine the team they're playing is undefeated and ranked number one in the nation. It would not be unloving to say, It's unlikely our team will win today's game. When the Bible says, Love believes all things, it's not saying we should set aside the facts and cling to a foolish presumption that our underdog team is going to win against all odds. But a loving backer of his or her favorite team will still cheer for and support the players as they come into the stadium. Throughout the game, that fan will encourage the players and exhort them to play hard. Winning may be unlikely, but it is not impossible. Meanwhile, the guy who sits in the stands and says, Well, let's see if this bunch of losers can at least keep from getting shut out, isn't the poster boy for the cheer squad, is he? He may say, Well, I'm just being realistic. But when frustration turns to cynicism and contempt, love has left the stadium. At the core, when the Bible calls us to always believe and to always hope, it's calling us to something that goes deeper than simply cheering on a team or a spouse or a child, even when things are bad. When the Apostle Paul says that love believes all things, he's not teaching us to put our absolute, unfailing faith in other people. He's telling us to put our absolute, unfailing faith in God and in His power to redeem flawed, failing human beings, and that He has the power to bring beauty from the ashes of anyone's life. Bob Lapine says always believing, or always hoping, doesn't happen because our spouse always gives us a reason to believe or hope. 
Our hope and faith are anchored in God's promises and power to redeem, to restore, and to make all things new. He goes on to say, Someone who is married to an unbeliever shows love to his or her spouse by believing that God can and will forgive them and make them new if they will repent and believe the gospel. We love an unbelieving spouse by continuing to believe and hope for their salvation throughout their lives, no matter how they are responding to the gospel today. We never give up on them. If we're married to someone who knows and loves Jesus, we love them by believing God for them when their own faith is faint. We love them by reminding them of what is true and supporting them and cheering them on when they are discouraged, disheartened, or disillusioned. We love them by really believing that the Holy Spirit is in them, convicting them of sin and shaping them to be more like Jesus. We remind them that God is with them. You love your spouse when you keep pointing them to what God is able to do in any circumstance, even when your spouse has run out of hope. Love never loses faith in God's power to redeem any person who still has breath. And love never loses faith in the character of God and the promises of God for his weak and weary children. What are those promises? When your spouse is fainting, remind him or her of a simple few things. God is there. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forgotten you or abandoned you. He hasn't forsaken you. God knows what he's doing. He is all-wise, and he's in control. He knows more about all that is going on in your life than you do, and he has a purpose for what is going on in your life. God loves you. He is committed to your good. He cares deeply about the circumstances in your life, and he has promised to walk through every valley with you. You love your spouse when you live out a life of faith in God whenever you are with them. It is an act of love to believe God for your spouse, even when he or she finds it hard to believe him. And love always hopes. I don't think the Bible is telling us that we love others by having some kind of head-in-the-clouds, dreamer orientation to life where we are always thinking our big break is just around the corner. That's not what the Bible means when it exhorts us to be full of hope. Then what does it mean? The opposite of always hoping is despair. Despair is always thinking, it may be bad now, but hang on, it'll probably get worse. It's looking at a half-empty glass and thinking, I'm sure there's a leak. People who lack hope are the people who say, in the center of every silver lining there is a cloud. You're probably familiar with the Chronicles of Narnia series by C.S. Lewis. In the book, The Silver Chair, C.S. Lewis introduces us to a character named Puddleglum. Love the name, Puddleglum. Puddleglum is a marsh wiggle, and as Lewis tells us in the story, marsh wiggles are notoriously pessimistic. Well, our time's gone for today. I invite you to join me Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching about areas of your relationship where mutual understanding is critical.
Also, pick up your free copy of Christian Living at one of the more than 600 locations throughout the Treasure Valley and Twin Falls. Read my Understanding Relationships column. Have a great and safe weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.